right. Welcome, everybody, to a super episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies might have inspired it. Um, I'm just going to jump right in today because this episode is going to be crazy. Uh, we're doing something a little different this one because we're talking about a very special movie. Uh, it had the biggest opening of all time. It's already crossed a billion dollars worldwide at the box office. Um, and that's just at the time of recording. It's probably way past that by now. It should be no surprise to anyone how huge of a monster hit Avengers Infinity War is. This is it, after all. The movie that 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been leading us towards. Every Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Black Panther, all the rest of the Marvel movies over the past 10 years was basically a prequel for this one. This is the one where the true big bad, Thanos, finally gets the Infinity Stones that give him the power to rule the universe, or kill half of it, as it turns out his plan actually is. For such a huge movie, it only made sense for me to switch things up and assemble my own super team of film nerds to try to figure out what inspired Avengers Infinity War. Joining me on this one are returning co-hosts Ryan Darty, David Quinones, Chad Clinton Freeman, Will Hines, and first-timer Daniel Clark from the Comic Concierge podcast. Strap in for an epic episode with a finished puzzle piece list that's going to make other episodes look like some kind of beginner's 25-piece jigsaw puzzle of a kitten. So we're going to kick off this Avengers-sized super episode with a conversation with my buddy Ryan Darty. Ryan, thanks for being here. Hey, always happy to be here. All right. Well, uh, Avengers is the, the the biggest movie of the year. You're the first person I'm talking to about it, and we're talking <laughs> to a few different people on this one to switch up the format a little bit. But uh, you know, with that said, we're going to kind of move through these pretty quickly. And uh, I'm going to act more as a moderator on this strange episode. Uh, so <laughs> let, let's jump right in. Um, what What is your first puzzle piece that nice. you think so, uh, um, influenced this movie? This is kind of movie? a weird one that stuck with me. Like, honestly, the minute I saw the ending of the movie, though, um, there was a Japanese horror movie and it was an American remake of it called Pulse. Um, have you seen them before or heard of them? I remember seeing the name and like lists okay. of those kind of Japanese horror movies. Sure, but sure. I, so, I never saw it. So Pulse, uh, for all intents and purposes, is about a movie where Wi-Fi gets haunted by ghosts, but like not oh, yeah. like not like a Wi-Fi network, all the Wi-Fi and oh, all sure. the cell service and stuff. So um, I, th I, I think that's what uh, happened to Bird Road, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it's. Uh, eventually the effect becomes basically there's a disease that infects you if you are in range of like cell phone service and stuff like that for all intents and purposes. Um, and the way the disease manifests is your body turns to ash and you blow away in the wind almost immediately. Um, and over the course of the movie, I don't think it was a very good movie. I don't, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a few years. Um, but over the course of the movie, by the end, like there are plenty of shots of like this girl, like the main character walking through her college campus. And it is just desolate, like very clear that like, you know, like two thirds of the population has turned to dust already. 
Um, and there's like a scene where she like visits her friend who she hasn't heard from in a while. And she like opens the door right before he succumbs. And he's like, you know, what's happening to me? And then he just turns into dust and blows away. Um, <laughs> so it was incredibly similar to watching everyone turn to dust in New York City as well. Like it was it was the same result. Like this might actually just be a prequel for a pulse movie at this point. So like, so question Th- throughout th- this uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, it, there's a lot of jokes with Spider-Man knowing pop culture movies. So that means <laughs> that those movies exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So do you think Pulse exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Thanos watched that movie and Ooh, that's that, well, well Thanos, Thanos does have the soul stone which means he could see into Wes Craven's soul which means he <laughs> which means he would know the plot for Pulse because I think Wes Craven like executive produced it so I would say it's very reasonable that originally Thanos's plan was to make everyone blow up and then when he got the soul stone he saw Pulse, and he was like, you know, that's actually pretty fucking cool. And he made yeah, it like, turn to dust. He was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it right. So he yeah. just took the one cool part of that movie and redid it. Um, so that was, <laughs> again, like, totally unrelated, but just the, the whole aesthetic of, like, there are other movies where people have turned to dust before, like uh, like Blade Two jumped to mind and stuff like that. But what really got me was that, Pulse is the only movie I think I've seen that has not only shown that, oh, the effect of this is you're getting turned to dust, but it also shows these desolate cities where a bunch of people have already been dusted, basically. Um, sure. That was definitely – I guess maybe I could have gone with like War of the Worlds for something like that too. But it's very mm. different in that with Pulse, again, because it's the Wi-Fi, it's just sort of everywhere and people just catch it and disappear. Um, I I like it, and that that's you know originally when I was uh, envisioning this episode, I was gonna put a restriction no Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, just because I, w- I wanted to get some interesting ones, and that's a pretty damn interesting one. Uh, so uh, with that said, what is your second uh, puzzle? All piece? right, um, my second one is every Gary Marshall movie released in the past ten years, like Valentine's <laughs> Day and New Year's Eve and stuff like that. Um, I haven't seen any of those movies, but I know the plot is that it's like 15 vignettes of a bunch of famous people just sort of doing things with like a through line of characters kind of tying in and out. And this is essentially that, but for nerds, like at the end of like, I have been describing to people that, that infinity war, as much as I love it, it's not a movie. It's a series of vignettes of Thanos interacting with each franchise more or less, you know? So I sort of felt the same way of, in terms of like, there's a bunch of famous people. um, There's a bunch of thematically connected stories with a couple characters who carry them through Uh, not quite like a full on anthology film type level. But especially just being I'm sure half the people in Infinity War have been in one of those movies as well. Um, Probably. If Mark Ruffalo has not been in one of those, I would be incredibly surprised. Same with Scarlett Johansson. Um, And that was one that I thought about it and I was going to talk about it and I decided not to. And then 20 minutes ago, I was talking to another friend of mine. Like, I'm trying to kind of pick out of the blue comparisons for infinity war for this podcast and she said the same thing she's like if you want to compare it to a rom-com i think it's a lot like that those like new year's Eve movies and stuff and i was like okay multiple people think that i think that's a pretty good call for a very unusual thing to compare it to so in terms of 
how the movie is structured, like cinematically and cast and stuff like that. Um, yeah, my, my next vote goes to every Gary Marshall movie made in the past 10 years. So I love it. I, I think that is a freaking great observation. <laughs> I, could, I totally see it 100%. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably Elizabeth Olsen's uh, closest thing to a Gary Marshall movie so far. She seems like primed for that kind of a movie, but uh, I don't think she's been in one yet. So <laughs> she, She's got Infinity Wars instead. There, there's time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the next time, like when he does like Thanksgiving Eve or something like that, you know. <laughs> Front and center, everyone who is in Infinity War who hasn't been in one of those movies yet. That would be a, that would be an, an interesting curveball for Marvel is to uh, to just make a big Gary, Gary Marshall esque rom com and I mean, <laughs> uh, get all these actors in it. You know, well they've definitely like they've made it clear that different superhero companies are trying to branch into different you know, genres and stuff. And I think that's really smart. Um, you know, the, the first one, it seems like everyone's kind of tackling is there's more and more horror oriented, um, yeah. Marvel movies coming out. Like there's like the, the new mutants and stuff like that. And I think that's, that's ripe for a really good movie, like a really good superhero horror. Um, mm. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Rom-coms, you know, uh, Deadpool three, I think would be a good decision to just go full rom-com. It's just, why not Deadpool trying to like win over like Anna Ferris's heart or something like that. And it's the struggle. I, of- I'd kind of like to see it with the new Hulk solo movie though. That would be, uh, Oh man. Yeah. Fun. That would be <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, for Hulk. I would really love to see, um, a, a very broken character drama. Like a man yes. struggling to control his rage issues, and like they they never actually cut to him hulking out at any point. It's just him like struggling with his therapist and battling like alcohol abuse, and he goes through like a through a breakup, and there's like a shot of him staring at his hands in a mirror, and he's like, "Keep it together, Banner!" Like that's that's I what it. I want the next Hulk genre cross movie to be. I love it. I love it. I think I think we should get Darren Aronofsky to direct. That would be cool. I, well, I he think... almost he almost did one of the Wolverine movies. I think he. Oh, oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, like, like I think he was gonna do Wolverine two, which I haven't seen, but the one where he goes to Japan. Um, mm. I think he was gonna do that, and then I don't know if he was ever possibly gonna do the Old Man Logan one. Um, mm. But he was like on board with it, and I don't remember if he had said if he was gonna try keep it like a him kind of movie, or if he was just gonna make a make a Wolverine movie. You know. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky making a movie called like yeah, it, it'd have some bullshit like indie title too, like the the Breakable Hulk or something like that, right. or <laughs> things like that. Smash. Um, <laughs> that's, so, uh, what what is your next puzzle piece? So, my next one is a bit more of just a general vibe, and I, I was trying to think of a good villain to compare Thanos to because I'm definitely a big fan of villains who kind of have a way of going hey don't blame me blame the system um and like randomness is how that manifests a lot so uh you know my my first thought was like Harvey Dent from the Dark Knight movie um and then I was thinking about other options there's other movies that have done let's randomly select who we're going to kill before um but the one that sort of stuck with me and this has been documented on piecing it together before that i'm not a big cohen brothers fan uh but no country for old men in a lot of ways there there are very singular moments 
where Javier Bardem's character reminds me a ton of Thanos and how he handles everything, how he um, how he approaches entering each scene and interacting with all the characters. And that's even sort of structurally a similar movie where a lot of that movie is just um, Javier Bardem playing catch up to Josh Brolin's character and interacting right. with, you know, whoever Josh was dealing with two scenes ago. Now it's Javier's turn to come in and be like, I'm here to flip coins and fuck shit up. Cause those are like the two things he does. Um, so emotionally, sure. I would definitely not compare his character to Thanos because Thanos definitely still had a very, he was a sociopath, but he still definitely had what he felt were emotions. Whereas yeah. um, the guy from old country for no, uh, no country for old men, um, you know, zero emotions, but the way it manifested, yeah. I still felt very, it was very similar, even if they had different motivations, you know? So that no, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They're different motivations, but you're absolutely right in like the uh, like it's it's like a, a force almost like coming yes. towards all these other characters and like there's really no stopping it. It's you're either going to live or you're going to die. Uh, and that's up to chance, really. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And I know like the, the chance wasn't necessarily like Javier's M.O. Like it was more just a thing the character did when deciding to kill someone. It wasn't like he was all obsessed with randomness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I felt in a lot of ways it was almost like, you know, if you had like read a Wikipedia description of one of these characters and then tried to recreate it in the context of the other movie, like if you tried to recreate from a vague description of Thanos in a Coen Brothers movie, you would end up with Javier Bardem and vice versa. If you were like, well, let's try bring his character into Marvel, you would get very close to Thanos. So I think yeah. the well, I was, was going to say, I was going to say also, uh, when when he got the the final infinity stone i mean basically that could have just been call, like willing uh uh anton Shigura into existence and, like, <laughs> he, just, he just personally that's what cattle happens. prods 50% of the yeah. universe <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like from 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 the day he gets the final infinity stone forward people are just going to be dying everywhere because <laughs> anton Shigura is just flying around the galaxy just with know? this magic cattle prod sneaking up behind people like the babadook or whatever and just bam <laughs> i love that yeah, right yeah. on definitely the right, right on man <laughs> i i love i loved it i i loved your your choices here um uh you're the first person i've talked to but so far you're the mvp for this episode <laughs> that's always good to hear start off on I'm a strong it. note <laughs> Um, all right. So yeah, those were your puzzle pieces and they were great ones. And, uh, what did you, let's just do a quick, what did you think of the movie overall? Oh my God. I loved it. I saw it. I, I saw it in 4d like midnight screening, all that shit. It, it went pretty much almost exactly how I was expecting it to go. Um, mm. which was surprising. Cause I think a lot of people were like, Whoa, that was like so startling and surprising. And like, literally, if you sat me down an hour before the movie and asked me to tell you what the plot was going to be, it would have been identical to that, just with a bit less Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like and the Soul Stone stuff in general kind of threw me off. But like, in general, um, I think that was actually something I really liked about it, was a lot of my friends, I feel like they're, I'm still not sure if they genuinely like it, or they were just so surprised by what the movie was doing that they like respected its moxie. Um, so I really liked the fact that I still really, really liked it despite not 
being thrown for a loop by very much of it. So I think that's a really good testament to it. And the Russo brothers, um, you know, fantastic, right? Like they did the community, uh, the paintball episodes of community, which is like the greatest right. half hour of television, um, <laughs> bar none. Um, and I, I think Marvel may have learned something, which is get two people to direct your film because it takes two people to handle that much. Like Joss Whedon is in theory, king of the nerds and he couldn't, the like age of Ultron was garbage. Uh, oh, it was so bad, Age of Ultron. Oh this, my god! This is so much better than Age of Ultron. There's, it really can't be stated enough. I'm actually very curious if you think this though. While we're talking about opinions on the movie, the one thing I warned my family is I didn't think any of the fight scenes were a particularly good centerpiece fight scene. Like I feel like every one of those movies has the scene, and no part of this movie to me felt like the scene like the whole battle at wakanda just kind of felt like another battle to me the battle against mm -hmm. thanos felt like another battle to me the fights against the guy like they were good but none of them felt special or like this is the money shot to me type of thing i'm curious if if in your mind like you're like oh no clearly the wakanda shot was the fight or something like that well i think i think you know the the fact that this movie opened as huge as it did um is proof that there's not really an avengers fatigue um uh, but i do think that yeah the fight scenes there's really only so much more they could do to make them bigger and better yeah. um i it, funny enough the, a movie that i thought was a little overrated and i it could have been because i was stoned when i was watching sure. it, but uh was doctor strange and i i did not oh, like doctor strange, doctor strange. Is the best marvel movie to be stoned for though yeah I, that's I, what i would have thought too but i i just did not like it while i was watching it i must have just been bad you know whatever <laughs> but uh but uh so with, with that i i really kept like saying like oh yeah i you know i don't like doctor strange i don't like benedict cumberbatch as doctor strange blah 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 but then this movie came along, and I thought his fight scenes were the best parts of the movie. He oh, was so yeah. freaking good in Avengers, yeah, uh, in this great. movie, Infinity Wars. Um, and yeah. so that's what I would say is his his fights, I thought, stood out amongst everything. I, I, yeah, I would honestly, yeah, I would agree. If I had to pick a favorite fight, it would definitely be the four dudes, like, tag-teaming Thanos. And I'm not going to change yeah. my wording on that. Um, <laughs> but, like, oh, man, that one shot where Spider-Man keeps jumping out of the portals, and he goes, magic with a punch, magic with a kick, yeah, magic with great. two punches. Like, to me, that was, the, that was the best fight in the movie is just that four-second clip right there. Um, but yeah, Dr. Strange, like really, they did a really good job of him. Like, like honestly, if they could have pulled a civil war with him and didn't even need like black Panther showing up in civil war. And by the end of civil war, you like already know who he is just from the way he's leading things. Um, right. Right. Dr. Strange. Like, I'm glad the movie was there to kind of know everything else about like the time stone and stuff. But like, he's i felt like one of the best characters of like yeah if you didn't see his movie you know everything you need to know about him from everything he does um right. that was mad props to benedict cumberbatch for that um yeah big but, standout in this movie also also all the guardians of the galaxy stuff uh i did not like part two as much as part one this <laughs> was so much better than the I, second guardians i am of the i am one of the few people who in a lot of ways thinks guardians 2 is significantly better than guardians 1 wow uh, interesting uh mostly because chris pratt is not the main character of guardians 2 um right. right like i really appreciate how guardians 2 was an ensemble movie as opposed to guardians 1 was Chris Pratt and friends. Um, right. Fucking we get it. Chris Pratt's funny. Star-Lord.
I was, I was honestly, and maybe it's because I just came off of binge watching Parks and Rec, but I was getting pretty fed up with Star Lord's humor pretty quickly <laughs> in Infinity War. Like, if he had done the whole like dropping his voice to act like Thor thing for ten more seconds, I would have, I would have genuinely been sick of it. Uh, I know a lot of people did not have that opinion, so like, good on them for doing the way they did it. But Star Lord, despite the fact that he was the funniest part of the movie by far, um, was also the closest to like me feeling the same problem I had with Age of Ultron and the same problem I had with uh, Thor Ragnarok. Of like, you know, sometimes moments can just be cool. You don't have to undercut every moment, right? Like, like we get it. DC is dark and Marvel is happy, but like. Sometimes you can have some action and just it's cool. And I feel like sure. if the rest of the movie hadn't been darker to balance that out, I would have been pretty annoyed at the humor in Infinity War, actually. Like it was great because it had the balance, which is exactly Thanos's shtick. So like I'm down with that. But it was a it was a real tightrope they walked, I felt like. Yeah, well, they, they I, I think they they balance it out pretty well. And, and uh, it, it's it's a shocking, it, you know, especially for a general audience. I'm sure you nerds knew exactly what was going to happen. But yeah, uh, for, the yeah. re- for the for the rest of us, uh, I, it was it was pretty shocking. And especially that they would go there with such a huge movie, you know, yeah. and uh, and it was it was awesome. You know, oh, I, 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 I mad props to, to Marvel because oh. uh I, I would not have expected to enjoy it as much. As Everything I've told to anyone who I don't, who I think isn't going to like it or like maybe isn't a fan of popcorn movies. The one thing I do say is I don't think a movie of this scale could physically be made better. Even if you don't yeah. think it's a good movie, I don't think there's someone else who could have made a movie with 26 stars. That is a sequel to like 17 films um it's like literally a monument to itself the fact that it doesn't completely crumble under its own weight and then it's like oh shit it's actually pretty fucking good too is just gravy like the fact that it doesn't suck already means it's amazing basically (laughs) with the with the stakes set this high um which is very interesting that the next one is probably going to be a lot smaller scale again so that's going to be interesting Uh, and that's probably going to be the russo brothers you know giving Basically, because everyone who didn't get snapped, that's the they're all everyone who didn't get snapped is at the end of their contract. Right. So now it's going to be those guys are going to get some really meaningful deaths. And that way, like we're going to be sad when Iron Man dies because we actually got to just see uh, Iron Man with the OG Guardians instead of Iron Man with 25 other people. Um, right, right. I had, I had, I had actually kind of predicted the movies were going to go the other way. That this one was going to be the one where a lot of the originals die, and the next one was going to like be where the Guardians show up and where Black Panther does more. Um, and it was going to be like the passing on the mantle movie. So I think it's really interesting that they're sort of flipping that in. They got a lot of the cool new dudes out of the way now, and then killed them just so they could say they were in the movie. And now it's going back to like, you know, the Magnificent Seven again or whatever. Um, and they're just gonna, and then like half of them are gonna die, and then they're gonna undo the Soul Stone thing, and then Spider Man Two is gonna come out, and everyone's happy again. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it's gonna be. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And well, be they've movie. got movies through twenty twenty five. I saw today. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah. They got plans. Yes. They got plans. Grand Wizard <laughs> Feiji knows what comes next <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. 
All right. Well, that that was great. Um, and again, Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Always happy to be here, be part of the piecing it together Avengers crew. Wait a That's minute, right. we get to assemble the puzzle. What? How did I not put that together? <laughs> How did I not make more assemble puns the entire time? You know, you know what? I I feel so bad for you that you didn't get to uh like come up with a whole bunch of them ahead of time. Oh, oh man! Oh god! You're, you're just gonna a... have to break them out on the next episode, just out of like completely out of place. <laughs> that could be a, a recurring theme on piecing it together is things Ryan wish he said last episode. <laughs> it's just dumb one-liners. Well, listen, listen to this episode once it's posted, and then write in some viewer mails so that way I can read it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you read it on the episode I'm on, too. So you're yes, clearly perfect. reading my letter to me while we're, like, discussing Mission Impossible Fallout or something like that. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got Q. <laughs> <laughs> this is my show. Everybody's on my show. Loki's on my show. Q is the Loki of our piecing it together Avengers. <laughs> How deliciously awful. Actually, troubles got I hate this already. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, the Loki of the group. <laughs> so uh, anyway, what we're doing here is I'm talking to a lot of mischief, <laughs> as it were. As it were. <laughs> How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> I don't. This is the kind of. I don't know. You need a man and you need a power through your goddamn podcast. I don't know if I can. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you don't let the guests just off like rail rail you off. I can't help it. You don't just let the, you don't just let the guests come in and bend you over and rail you. Oh, okay. So what we're doing is I'm talking to you. Ever seen, the you ever see David Letterman? Oh, God damn it. You ever see David Letterman chuckling like a little nitwit on the ground while he's interviewing Barack Obama? No. So you're, he's a pro. You're Barack Obama in this one. In this, in this, in this example, of Barack Obama. So we're talking about Avengers but Infinity Wars, and uh, we've got Q from Bird Road Podcast uh, on. Hey, Jerry, hey, how's it going, Q? Um, so we're just doing a quick little conversation with a bunch of the different co-hosts that have been on Piecing It Together, and so I wanted to hear what you had in mind as some puzzle pieces for this movie. I'll withhold my judgment because I know that that's not what the show's about um, reviewing. But I did see the like sort of trace DNA of a lot of stuff in this show. Uh, I, I guarantee, I guarantee, I won't be the first person on uh, of of our assorted assembly of of piecing it together co-hosts to say that this rang with like uh, you know th th this this felt a lot like um, like Empire. I mean, it felt like Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, for a second there, there I thought you meant the TV show Empire. The TV show Empire, because <laughs> so I was like, oh, what this, most people don't know is, is that the TV, 
most people don't know that the TV show Empire happens in a shared universe with Marvel, <laughs> where uh, it, you know you think that um, that that what's his name? Uh, what's what's the actor? Clay Howard, Terrence, no, Ron uh, Howard, no. Terrence, Terrence Howard. You think that he like quit being War Machine, yeah. but in reality, what happened was he was replaced <laughs> by his twin brother, there you go. fraternal twin brother Don Cheadle, who took over the War Machine, who just. Their parents are very unimaginative, so they named them both the same name. Um, while while Terrence Howard's character went on to pursue his secondary career of uh, record mogul, and uh, yeah, I don't really know much about that TV show Empire. So back to back to Empire Strikes Back. What you uh, Empire Strikes Back? Famously described in the movie Clerks as ending on a huge downer, uh-huh. right? Um, like that's what it was for those of us who were just sort of getting old enough to appreciate. I mean, like people like us who are like in our late thirties, who at the time that that movie was playing on television, it was the mid eighties. I think when that, when we were encountering that movie and we were like just getting old enough, like six, seven, eight years old to appreciate the bad guy winning or to appreciate, um, the, uh, the fact that without without darkness and without the pendulum swinging all the all the way to the left, it can't be light. There can't be a swing back. There can't be triumph without some kind of loss, right? right? right. So I think Empire was very formative for for anybody who, who watched that. I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I, I I remember thinking like the same thing that Randall and Clark says, where it's like, yeah, it was awesome because it had this huge downer, and um, you know that that was for people who appreciated that kind of, you know, more nuanced storytelling. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, I think most people agree, was the best of, I mean, I guess some people think that the first the first one, the one from 1975 or whatever, uh, was the best. But I think a lot of, most, most film people, right, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a film person, but most film people agree that Empire was the best of all fair. the Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I'm sure that it has to do with that. It's a downer. It's like real life. I mean, I feel like that is something that uh, that that this movie had. Yeah, yeah, it is a great downer ending. Uh, the the only difference being um, that we obviously know, you know, there's no stopping the whole Marvel cash cow. <laughs> and where whereas with sure. with Empire, who the fuck knew it was going to happen? Uh, oh yeah, you know that that brings up a really good point, and I don't want to get into the whole like film going experience or anything like that. I don't know if that's something you guys. No, that's fine. Want to it do could go this, in any but, direction as long as we're you know starting with the puzzle pieces and going from there. You know, you know, ignorance can be bliss, and to know that this kid who's playing Spider Man is going to be is bought up, yeah. and he's going to be in Spider Man movies for the next ten, twelve years. Yeah, you know, is the cynical, uh, informed view of somebody who's like a you know. A, a, a toxic consumer of culture like me and you, like we know that that's what's going on. Same thing with, we know that, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman, same thing, exactly. right? That guy yeah. has turned, he, he's going down Chris Evans territory where he was a moderately successful actor who is now going to be a wholly owned subsidiary of an e- enormous conglomerate for the next 20 years. Right. He's, he's going down Hugh Jackman territory. So we know that, but I had a little bit of envy for this look to be about a high school aged girl, a little nerdy um, sitting behind me at Avengers who with all of her heart, (laughs) couldn't be more than like maybe 15 or 16, all of her heart holding a Spider-Man doll was crying her eyes out 
when when uh, spoiler alert everybody i don't know if you give the spoiler alerts up front it, it's but fine spider-man yeah. died so, uh yeah when, when spider-man died and i looked back at this girl and i was like man i wish that this movie could affect me that way right yeah. i wish that i was a person who could you know even when i was 16 or 15 or however old that girl was i don't know if i would have cried at spider-man dying because i don't know i'm, I'm a piece of shit yeah. and but you're really tough like, too you're tough yeah dude. i'm just awesome and cool yeah. i'm a really cool <laughs> tough guy that's what everybody who knows me always says yeah. is that I'm a very it's cool true. and tough. It's true. And attractive person. Well, um, I, I know what you're saying though. And, um, you know, but I do think it's a testament to just how, how good this movie was that um, despite knowing that it still was like, holy shit, you know, when it all happened, it was like, oh wow, yeah. they really are going to go there. You know, even though we know that, you know, something's going to happen in the next one, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, so going going into that, I, I feel like the next the next uh, piece of DNA, the next piece that I see in this movie is made f- not from the perspective is observed not from the perspective of that wide eyed innocent girl sitting behind me at, at at the movie theater, but from the more sort of cynical. Um, uh, perspective of, of people like me and you or the more maybe cynical is not the word word just more informed and that would be the uh I, I think there's some similarities or there's something drawing at least from the larger dynamic of this movie from the movie uh edge of tomorrow where you don't feel like the consequences really matter that much mm. right like the, the there's big stakes huge stakes but no consequences because in that movie, I think it took a really long time for them to get to the plot point where it was like, okay, well there's a finite number of times that you can die. Eventually, you know, Tom Cruise's character. I don't remember exactly what happened in that movie, but I know that there was a point where he was going to hit like uh, so many redos. He couldn't, he couldn't redo anymore. He wasn't able to just keep things going in that infinite time loop forever. Similarly, Avengers Infinity War, to me as a viewer, I realized how important everything, the universal stakes of half of the population of the of the universe being blinked out of existence. I realized how important they were, but at the same time, when major characters and again, major actors starting to, to, to die, I realized, okay, there's a do-over baked in here somewhere. Right, there's right. going to be a situation where uh, uh, an Edge of Tomorrow situation happens. And uh, I don't know whether it'll be through um, somebody getting a hold of the Time Stone and being able to, to turn back time, whether it's going to have to do with the Ant-Man movie that's coming up that's going to involve the quantum universe where time starts to get a little hinky. And obviously Ant-Man, Paul Rudd's character, was not in this, in this film. Right. Uh, but it's already been, been confirmed that a large portion of that movie that's coming out um, later next year uh, has has to do with time continuums and going into that that microverse that 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 tiny universe where uh, time starts to become very relative and like clearly there's a few existing plot threads in Marvel that are going to allow them to do that and if you're not a comic book fan like guess what 
you're you're learning something about comic books because there are no consequences in comic that's, books. That's exactly what I was just going to say as a follow-up to what you're talking about is this is such a, a comic book thing. And I've yeah. noticed as comic book movies have become like really the, the number one movies every year, uh, it's starting to bleed into other movies. Like Edge of Tomorrow is what brought us into this conversation, but uh, also a lot of uh, – well, also TV shows like Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, everybody's able to be brought back at some point it seems. Yeah. Um, uh, American Horror Story. Nobody's ever dead long. It's they always come back one way or another. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that has come out of comics and into uh, other forms of entertainment. And I guess let me think of a third one. Um, another 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 piece for Marvel's Infinity Wars. Um. I felt like there was a uh... okay. Let me just get this out of the way. the 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 motivation of the main of Thanos, the villain in this movie, mm-hmm. was was terrible. It was the weakest part of the movie. Um, it, it, because if you have that kind of power, and your solution to if you have the power of a god. And your solution to lack of resources isn't create more resources. It's just kill people. Mm-hmm. You're a pretty shitty God and not that imaginative. Like he <laughs> could have just, I would imagine that he could have just doubled the amount of stakes in the world. If he like would have snapped his fingers or, you know, what I don't know. That doesn't add up in the comic books. It makes a little bit more sense. Um, this has been spoken at nauseum. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, but I think people have mentioned this. Even a non-comic book guy like you probably knows that the in the comic books, what happened was, and I was a huge fan of Infinity Gauntlet and then Infinity War, uh, which were two sort of back-to-back uh, uh, summer series crossovers that happened in the early 90s. And um, Thanos was trying to fuck death. Like death was a hot embodiment of like a sexy Grim Reaper chick. And Thanos was literally trying to woo her. And that's why that's such a better reason that stands up to so much better, like better scrutiny. <laughs> so I'm sitting here grasping at threads right now, trying to come up with a third one. And maybe I should just say like fucking bad Lieutenant because <laughs> I don't understand the protagonist of this movie was Thanos. Thanos was the main character of this movie, which is cool. Right. It is it his movie. Cool definitely. It's absolutely his movie. That Josh Brolin got more screen time than anybody, and that's not just because there was a thousand heroes and only one bad guy. Um, but yeah, any movie where the main protagonist is like evil for a way that you don't in a way that you don't understand, you have no idea why they're like that, and they and and the movie tries to give you a backstory and tries to give you a reason, and they have the character talk about himself and his experience and what's happened to him. And it still doesn't add up. Right. right. That, that is a, a, another thread there. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely an interesting one. Bad Lieutenant. And uh, I, <laughs> I, I think um, 
I love that your policy on this show is that there's no wrong answers. No, that how could I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep throwing things out there until you're like that one's wrong, Dave. Hey, that was wrong. You you know what? Um, uh, Ryan Darty is one of the other segments on this show, and he said Gary Marshall movies, (laughs) which I just started laughing so hard when he said what because of the like the ratatat like back and forth of the uh, between all all these different stories, all these different uh, like the Valentine's Day and the leap year and the all all those uh, Thanksgiving Day or whatever the hell other movies. Did Gary Marshall do? um, Did Gary Marshall do Six Degrees of Separation? Uh, I'm not sure, but if he did, that was before he started like just predictably doing every single holiday and they were all just big ensemble movies with multiple stories that, you know, intertwined at some point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that, that's actually a really good one. That's astute. That's pretty astute. Yeah. It was a fun one, but yeah, no, there, there's no, I don't think there's a wrong answer because as long as you've got something to back it up, some reason for saying it, I mean, you know, certainly, I don't know if the filmmaker would look at it and be like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer, though. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there's, there's other stuff, too. And we, we said we weren't going to do other Marvel or even like comic book movies. But um, any any kind of fictionalized universe that's like a fighting universe where it's hard to get a feel. I mean, like, let's say... Uh, I don't know. Let's say Walking Dead, right? Walking Dead's a good example where where there's fighters to varying degree of skill, and they are badass. You know, badass times nine, badass times twelve, badass times three. Any time where it's hard to get a fix on how strong people are, like in one scene, it seems like somebody can make everybody just disappear with a snap of their finger. And then in the next scene, they're like having a slug fest with, with somebody else. It, you know, it, it was, it was, there was a little bit of unevenness to that to me. And I, I guess you just have to suspend disbelief and I'm the biggest comic book fan that there is anyway. So who am I to be complaining? I mean, they gave me a $200 million movie. Who am I going to fuck? Like for things that I cared about since I was a little kid and right, like, yeah. like, you know, who am I to complain? I guess, you know, it just, it, it was weird. It reminded me of those things where it's like, huh, are you sure? Because that guy was stronger than that guy two episodes ago or two movies ago or half an hour ago in this movie. And now all of us, that guy, are you sure that that guy would just like fall down? Because the guy who punched him was lifting up a truck earlier. And now you know, he punches him in the mouth and he just is like, ow. Well, that's funny you say that because I also felt like it seemed like Doctor Strange basically had the exact same abilities as all the uh, Infinity Stones. Like, I didn't really yes. see, you know, if he could do what he was doing, why couldn't he just do everything else? Like, you know, what's the difference? <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to wrap it up really quick, uh, were you, did you like the movie? Did you, uh, were you happy with how they, how they did it? I'm so happy. Yeah, this was a a culmination for me. I was a comic book nerd. I mean, like, I I know that there's people out there who just who their default position is hating comic book movies or even more specific, the default position of hating Marvel movies, because Marvel movies tend to be so sort of hateably perfect. Like they nail every note. It's almost like hating, um, you know, Disney princess movies of the last four or five years. Every one of them are so or Pixar movies. They're so they like come out of a out of a out of some kind of like uh out of a beaker or a Bunsen burner of like chemical perfection of oh they nailed all the characters, they gave them all arcs, they did everything technically perfect and 
they did it so well i sort of hate them for doing it well yeah. right but fuck that it's yeah. a great movie they, no, they, it, they, it is. It is. And and the directors, they really get a lot of credit for being able to juggle that many huge stars and that many characters. And like, really, it works. You know, I, I you could pick it apart if you wanted to, but it works. It works as a great, big, fun blockbuster. Yeah, it was a slugfest. It was a it was a shoot 'em up. It was a, a you know, a space movie. It, it was, was a, really funny. It was funny. I mean, like, yeah, there were jokes. I mean, getting to see a lot of these actors um come together and you know what else would be one no that's too late i'm not gonna do it but (laughs) anytime there's a movie where anytime there's a movie where you know that they can't keep paying all the salaries for everybody (laughs) like in the sequels and shit like like here's one maybe we can cut out everything teen wolf 2 right (laughs) teen wolf 2 coming on the heels of Back to the Future, where uh, Michael J. Fox became a stratospherically huge international superstar, um, probably the, at the at that moment the biggest movie star in the world at that moment, right? Yeah, there was no way they were going to get him for Teen Wolf two, and so they settled for Jason Bateman, right? They made the next movie about Jason Bateman. <laughs> you just know. Think about this, Dave. They can't afford to have like. Um, they can't like what are they gonna do give zoe saldana and benedict cumberbatch like 10 lines in the next movie (laughs) and like pay the zoe saldana rate and pay the benedict cumberbatch rate like what are you gonna do of course with chadwick boseman that guy's commanding like 30 million dollars a movie probably now you're gonna have him like be like uh the infinity stones are bad and like that's it and that's all you get from him (laughs) For the whole movie? Like, of course, dude. You can't like it makes it makes sense. In the same way that, they, that nobody nobody mentioned um what the fuck happened to like Michael J. Fox's character. By the way, Teen Wolf 2, really fucking weird movie. Uh those people are living in a world where a teen wolf exists and yeah, they're right. walking around like it's normal. Walking around like it's fucking normal. <laughs> Oh man, I, that's a good place to end it on uh, talking about Teen Wolf. I think that's where <laughs> officially uh, we, we hit the end of the uh, infinity. Uh, right there. You got to tell me. You got to be honest, and you can cut this out. But like, uh-huh. come on, I'm your best guest on this show. <laughs> I mean, you got to be honest. I love having I, you on the show. <laughs> that's not a, not a yes. It's also not a no. <laughs> all right so uh yeah we're here now with will hines uh knox prime how you doing will i'm all right you know you know yeah. what it is oh, i know i know i know you're a busy man <laughs> you're uh doing your things but i wanted to get you involved in this episode i know uh Infinity War is a big movie, uh, you know, this year, and one that I think that uh, you were probably pretty damn excited about. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty pumped for it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm already so invested in the MCU. It's, um, it's almost like mandatory at this point. It's like you don't watch ten years of Marvel movies and not go watch this. It's, it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. What, what have you been doing all this time well, if you're not going to see this one? 
Right. So, I mean, there's been a few Marvel movies where they've almost felt like chores. Uh, <laughs> Side Eyes, Thor, Dark World, and Age of Ultron. But, um, you know, it's still necessary if you, so you don't miss any Easter eggs or plot points or how did so-and-so get that or so-and-so end up here or how did that happen. So, it's you know, it's a nice payoff for the, the ones that were fun to watch and the ones that were a slog to watch. So that's almost cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I actually never saw the uh, the Captain America, the first one. And so when uh, Red you know, Skull... I'm done with you not, not seeing movies, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Red and Skull it, showed up. I was like, yeah, I was like is that Skeletor? What? <laughs> I was like, is that Skeletor? <laughs> I had no idea who that was. That's right. I'm going to let you borrow my last Starfighter Blu-ray next time. I know, I know. That's a travesty that must be corrected. I'm waiting for you to come over. Let's do this Rampage episode so you can bring me that last Starfighter Blu-ray. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do like a mini episode or something, me talking about last Starfighter, what what I've learned. (laughs) Well, that's one way to twist my arm. (laughs) So uh, let's let's jump right in. Um, what, uh, What is the first puzzle piece that you had in mind for Infinity War? Well, the first one I immediately popped to me was Empire Strikes Back. Okay. It's, it's just classic, you know, villainy shows up and just puts the smack down everybody and everybody's spirits are low and it looks bleak and, you know, you walk out of there like, ooh, yeah, that, that was, didn't see all that coming, although some of us did. Cause some of us actually read comic books, but, um, <laughs> You know, generally speaking, you know, most of the uninitiated are still in their feelings about what transpired in an infinity war. So, I mean, of course it's not, you know, they're not, if you just want to step back and look at real world economics and Disney likes making money, is this, <laughs> you really think everybody's dead like that? Come on. Right. Come yeah. on now. Just, <laughs> anybody out there, Still feeling any type of way? Just look at the the slated Marvel movies that are still coming out through 2020. That might help you sleep a little better at night. Because trust me, trust me, some <laughs> of these people is not dead for real. Okay? <laughs> they should have just put the uh, the Mar- the Marvel uh, like upcoming timeline on like the popcorn bucket, so that way everybody would know what's up. You know, right? Spare well, a few tears. Nobody walked out of there. Nobody walked out of there and headed for the gallows or something. <laughs> Yeah, for serious. Uh, yeah, actually, Q brought up Empire Strikes Back as well. And yeah, definitely, I think that that is, uh, you know, obviously with the dark ending and everything like that. It's uh, Yeah, I, I think I, anyone from our generation would instantly think of uh, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's just it's just classic for that formula. Yeah, and it works too, like to, uh, you know, despite us, you know, being so jaded that we were the kind of people who are going to look at that future Marvel uh uh, timeline we we you know it still works it, it it gets that pathos and like gets us like like holy shit what's gonna happen next even though we kind of know you know but it's like it really worked the way that they pulled it off well i mean that's the one thing about human beings is although there's some emotions that we might not enjoy overall we enjoy the emotional roller coaster yes so yes it's like you need to have those lows to appreciate the highs when they come. You know Absolutely. what I mean? If everything's just high all the time, so you know you can't have the light without the dark or you know things like that. So 
you know, it was good. It was a nice little shakeup. Definitely in the vein of Empire Strikes Back, you know. Whereas when Empire Strikes Back came back, there was no comics or backstory for that. So, so, I mean, in my day, you walked out of there going like, wow, where do we go from here? You really were at a loss until Lucas put the next one out like, what, five, three, five years later. You just really had nothing. You had nothing to go off of. So, right. <laughs> so this is a little different, you know. It's like I kind of walked out of there kind of chuckling like, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah. It, it didn't quite have the same impact as Empire Strikes Back, but had it been in the same era, minus internet and social media and access to information as, as Empire Strikes Back in that time frame, in that era that it came out, it probably would have the same impact. Similar. Right. Absolutely. I agree with you. So uh, what what would your uh, next puzzle piece be? Our next puzzle piece would probably be almost any anime you can think of. And an aspect to Thanos' character being a a big bad that had like a sort of a like he's a big bad, but he doesn't think he's bad. And maybe from his perspective, he's not bad. He's just trying to bring balance to the force, bring balance to the universe, what have you. And then he'll sit there <laughs> and like and like give you props. While he's trying to kill you, like <laughs> they do that in anime all the time. Like the bad guys will sit there and, and exalt your name while they're trying to grind you into the dirt. It's oh, you know, heard so much about you. Punch, punch, slap, slap. You know, you're very honorable. This, this, and that. And <laughs> I hope they remember you when I get done killing you and stuff. You know, it's just it's so anime. It's so anime. It's crazy. You can. Watch all Naruto and you'll see that perme- that that trope permeated all the way through it. Most animes, actually, it's just, just oh, you know, when he uh, give me like, are we doing spoilers here? Can we just talk about the movie or what? Absolutely, absolutely, spoilers are fine. Well, yeah, like so. There was that one time when Stark was put, trying to put the whoop on him after Star Lord done fucked it all up, and <laughs> and Thanos drove that blade into Tony. And honestly, that's probably. That's probably that that moment was probably the most emotionally involved I got in the whole thing. Just seeing him start catch that blade, like oh, oh, oh man! And then and then Thanos just calmly sits his butt down and basically delivers a eulogy to his face. Right, he delivers yeah. his eulogy to his face. I hope they remember you. You know, oh, that's so anime. <laughs> like wow, like for a second you're like wow, this really might be it for old Tony, man. <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? Who mortally wounds you, then sits you down and has a casual conversation with you? And what the fuck was everybody else doing while they, while he was casually reading his eulogy? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, that that's that's comic book right there. Just everybody else just kind of is off to the side, and who knows what the hell they're doing for that for those few seconds mm-hmm. where you know. <laughs> but you you know what's funny is uh. Uh, you you just mentioned uh, about Star Lord. I saw a meme this morning. It was like, "Who are we more mad at this week, Kanye West or Star Lord?" And I, <laughs> I I had to stop and think for a second. What the hell did Star Lord do? And, and that's just like more proof that whenever I watch a Marvel movie, I forget like everything that fucking happened. <laughs> so I'm, I can't. Right, How do you forget that? I don't know. Star Lord ruined a perfectly fucking solid plan. I mean. He, Thanos only had like his pinky, the tip of his pinky finger left in that stupid thing. 
I think it's just like excitement overload or something, and I, I just I can't I can't keep it all straight, and I, I forget who did what to what to who to who, you know. Ain't that much <laughs> excitement overload in the world, man? What the hell? <laughs> Everybody's bitter stoner right now. You really you have don't start punching the mad titan in the face <laughs> when madness is having enough time keeping them under mind control. Spider Iron Man are yanking this fucking fairy the universe has gone on his hand. You want to start bitch slapping him in the face. <laughs> oh my god. It seemed like a good plan. I don't want to throw something at the screen so bad. <laughs> I wish it was the Rocky Horror Picture Show so I got through burnt toast at him. <laughs> like, like if I had some on me, I just wanted to just throw it. <laughs> um, I was going to say that. Uh, uh, you know, as far as anime is concerned, that that's an- another good parallel to that particular puzzle piece is uh, anime and Thanos are both things that I know barely anything about. So. I know that. <laughs> I just want to get you. you know I want. I want to get you, you riled know, up you know, again. <laughs> you know what else you know barely anything about? The Last Starfighter. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Uh, how about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna happen. While, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject, <laughs> things you don't know much about. <laughs> Some people reviewed the show and they said that they loved uh, you getting mad at me for not seeing Last Starfighter. <laughs> oh really? Oh, yeah. well, they're gonna love this. Dude. Yeah, this is a good callback. You know what, <laughs> oh my god! See, see the people I've spoken, man. It's, uh-huh. it's blasphemy, it's blasphemous, man. Oh man! So, uh, did you have another uh, puzzle piece? Uh, coming up empty. Um, yeah, it's it's hard with this movie without like looking at every Marvel movie because that's what it really is. It's like just you know. A combination right, it's, of it's everything a Marvel's done from all that investment, you know, and it's and it's rooted in comics, so it's almost it's almost its own thing. It's hard to really draw a movie. Like I said, it's, it's anime is an easier comparison. Like honestly, it felt like it felt like a big anime OVA. What an OVA is is like a I forget what the initials stand for, but it's basically like a, a movie length episode that may uh, complete an arc or like a side story kind of thing. Mm. And it's like kind of everybody that's in anime uh, show up, uh, even though in the actual storyline, they may be worlds apart kind of thing. So it's kind of like a, like a team up. You want to have these OVAs. And the more you get more out of OVA, the more you are invested in the actual series. So, like one piece, like they have like 14 OVAs. And if you just jump into like the latest one, you don't know what the hell's going on. But if you're caught up on one piece, you get the most of it, kind of with Avengers. If Avengers, if you didn't last the last, watch the last 10 years of Avengers, or at least key movies in the, in, in the, um, sorry, Marvel, in, in the Marvel franchises, you know, you're going in there, and you don't even understand why the hell is the Hulk in space. Did you just, you just would have no frame of reference for half, if not all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, so, but the, that, sound, that sounds like a huge an, the anime. Hmm? That sounds like a huge like universe, universe. You know, <laughs> like it's like 
just so much. There must be so much buildup between all of all oh, of those I mean, stories. I mean, it is. And anime is a huge investment. And there's so many anime, but that's the thing. It's almost like uh, Kevin Feige and them. They took a, a page out of the anime playbook when they crafted this thing because it's all planned out so anime with just how it's like like superhero movies in the past. They were either one and done or three and done. Sure. And, you know, that was it. Whereas with this, we got 10 years of investment. Like, like, I mean, you, if you, if you didn't, if you weren't at least cursory aware of what's happened in the last 10 years, of movie, I think it's 18 films. Yeah. That you go into that blind, you have no clue. Sure. Which is brilliant because this is going to force people to revisit Marvel's back catalog to figure out what the hell went on in some scenes. And it's also, First, those first timers get that, but then it also keeps people invested in the future installments as they move on to phase two or phase three, whatever phase they're on. Sure, yeah. One, one of the one of the most jaded uh reviews that I've seen uh basically called this a commercial for the Blu rays of the first 10 years of Marvel movies, and I, I think <laughs> I, I think that's a little unfair, but um, I definitely I see where they're so coming too. from. But it's definitely unfair, though. It's it definitely stands on its own. Um, which, speaking of which, I, I take it you did enjoy the movie overall. I got a far away with you there a little bit. It doesn't really sound on its own, but it does stand on the back of ten years of that Marvel investment. Gotcha. But well, yeah. I mean, it's it's only an, an ad for the Blu-rays if if you if you are enough on all that, you right. know. So yeah, it may move some older movie blu-rays or what have you but that's it but i mean for the most part anybody that went has been invested this is 10 years going on like i put out a meme the other day that was like you know people getting up and walking out of of the end credits like they haven't been mar- watching marvel movies for the last 10 years like where are you going <laughs> seriously where are you going seriously like, this is your first marvel movie you don't know how this goes you don't know you don't know that there's goodies at the end of the end credits yeah right yeah, I'd say half the theater emptied out, and I was just looking around like, "Who, who are you people?" Like, like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even going to get the end credit scene because I'm not that big of a nerd. But like, you gotta stay. Like, you know, you, you know, just so kind of have what, to. What in Wakanda are you doing? Like, are you all from Saudi Arabia? I know y'all just, just got the first movie theater over there in like thirty years, so maybe y'all are visiting and don't understand how this works. Right. I don't know. But yeah, uh, overall, I did enjoy it. You know, yeah. it was a great payoff for me having been invested in the last ten years. Yeah, you know, like I said, even even slogging through some of the not so entertaining but still informative ones as far as you know how what happens here and explains how this got to there type of way. So <clears throat> I was definitely excited for it, and it definitely I definitely got what I plan to get out of it. I mean, it pretty much went the way I thought it was going to go. I mean, there's a couple of MCU twists. It's not exactly, you know, definitely not exactly the way the comic played out, mm-hmm. especially his motives for doing it. That's I mean, what I, I heard. On that. Do you know, do you even know anything about this? Do you, do you re- did you read Infinity War saga at all? No, 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 not at all. But I, I did, uh, I did read about like the differences. I, I read an article about the differences. Also, Q got into it a little bit when I would talk to him uh, for this episode. 
Like, uh, so have y'all gone over like his motives versus the, the comic book motive versus the MCU motive? Yeah, with death and all that, and like he uh, he's trying to impress death. And he was trying to trying to impress Lady Death or what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know about all that. So yeah, I mean, so they they made that twist on it, which was I guess you know it it, it worked. You suspend disbelief, and you know you you unlearn what you've learned for sure. MCU sake. It certainly got I mean, people so, talking, and it got a lot of memes going. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, no, this is a meme factory, that's for sure. This is this is going to be memed them for a while. So it's going to oh, own yeah. the meme charts for all summer, probably. I made an MC Random and Jewish Dave one last night. <laughs> oh, I believe that. I just put one up about Ant Man and the Wasp, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> nice. Have to see that one. Nice. But the overall. You know, definitely, I'd probably have to watch it again just to make sure I didn't miss nothing. Yeah. I mean, and I, I will say this, when I've been in a, a two-and-a-half-hour-long move, I didn't check my watch one time. Like, Oh, yeah, I agree. It was agree. a smooth two-and-a-half hours. I, I didn't feel it. It wasn't painful. It, I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel it at all, which, which is a very high compliment coming from me. Yeah, yeah, for, especially for that long. Plus, you know, it, it definitely uh, it definitely flew by. I was surprised. Um but yeah, yeah, overall, I overall, shocked. I liked I mean, it a lot. When I first saw the runtime, I was like, "Wow, two and a half hours!" Huge. But then I was like, "Wow, like this—that was painless. That was really painless. I was <laughs> impressed. I was really impressed. The pacing was solid. You know, everything had been flowed really nicely. It didn't. There was not one time where I felt like it drugged really. So it, right. it had a, it, it really moved right along. I really appreciated that. That was great. Absolutely. Well, right on, man. Well, thank you for being on this one. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to see this goddamn Last Starfighter soon. <laughs> see that. <laughs> Next up, we are talking to our most common co-host on the show, Chad Clint Freeman. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing great. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna uh, you know jump into these puzzle pieces uh, for Avenger: Infinity War, um, which I know you're not a, a huge Marvel guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing is that with with this, I don't have like that ten year history of uh, following uh, the movies, uh, so uh, I I hadn't seen I I had seen Thor. That was like the first <laughs> Marvel movie I had seen, and then I hadn't seen any until Doctor Strange. Wow. So uh, so, and then I I also have seen uh, Thor Ragnarok. So I've seen two of the Thor movies, and then I saw the the two Guardians movies, and like I said, Doctor Strange, and I saw Black Panther. So that's it. I never saw any of the Avengers movies. I never saw any of the Captain America, or or, or never any of the Iron Man movies. That's funny. You're you're um, kind of the closest to me out of everyone I'm talking to because you haven't seen the the Marvel movies. I don't remember any of them. So it's kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> so, 
so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, uh, the, actually, I didn't even—I wasn't even planning on seeing this movie, but uh, I ended up going to see it with a, a group of people, uh, ten ten people, and um, like I said, I wasn't going to see it. I, I'm not a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. I'll put that out there. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the reason I, I kind of haven't seen um, a lot of these movies, uh, but it's very easy, you know, to uh, get me to go see a movie and talk me into sure. it. You know, didn't they didn't have to put a gun to my head so um i uh i went in and i and even though i hadn't seen any of that stuff i still i've enjoyed some of the some of the movies that i have seen so um i was you know willing to give it a fair chance sure um and uh and so yeah just wanted to uh, mention all that though before we jump into. Well, you are a fan of cinema, and that is why I love you. But uh, let's, yeah, let, right. let's do it. Let's. Uh, what is your first uh, puzzle piece for this one? Okay, so uh, kind of approaching this a little bit different okay. uh, because my two my two big puzzle pieces um, were actually both filmmakers. Okay. So the first one, and I'm very very excited to finally get to talk about him, is Zack Snyder. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. I'm so happy to um, open the floor for you. Let, let, let's try to keep it to uh, 20 minutes on Zach. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so the big, the big one that really jumped out at me was uh, Watchmen, um, uh, especially the way uh, Thanos and his um, his plan and everything. And again, I, I, I don't come from this movie uh, from from a, a comic book background either. I come at this movie as, uh, you know, a, a lover of cinema. And um, he, the, the way Thanos was reminded me I, I, very much a lot like the character Ozymandias uh, in Watchmen. Um, and, and not only that, though, just the, 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 the style of this movie, because um, I know um, Marvel has the reputation that they're the, like more sunny and more like happy-go-lucky and funny uh, like comic book movies as opposed to like the DC movies, which uh, get the reputation of being depressing and dark and bleak. Right. Um, and, 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 and this movie was very much in line with, uh, the films that, uh, Zack Snyder has done as specifically Watchmen and then also spilling into, uh, the later films. But, um, mostly, you know, this one reminded me of, of Watchmen, but at the same time, it did remind me of his Superman trilogy as well, right. uh, which of course is Man of Steel, um, Batman v Superman and Justice League, and so what I was actually saying is that I, I felt like this this was a bloated version of Justice League, <laughs> uh, which Justice League which was originally supposed to be two parts, um, and uh, then they, the, the the studio chopped it all up and cut it down to one part. Uh, but it, also in that regard, where you know in Justice League you had the the villain who was he was going after these mother boxes and he was collecting them. And then you had the, uh, you know, the, the, the league of superheroes joining together to fight against him. So you had those elements as well. And I know that goes back to the comic books and I don't know, you know, uh, which one was first or whatever, but again, approaching this from, from the, from the movie standpoint, um, it, it felt very much like a bloated justice league that was not, not as fun because (laughs) I, I really, uh, enjoy justice league from the fun point of view i didn't think it was a a a, a, like 
great movie, but I thought it was a really fun movie. Uh, and then at the same time, it felt sort of like a watered-down version of Batman versus Superman. Um, and um, in, in that case, I, I think it's because in Batman versus Superman, you, you had a lot going on, but you still had um, you know, your, your, your main characters, and it got into depth with those characters whereas this one you had so many characters spread out that it didn't really get to i mean the 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 only character that this really got to the heart of i felt was thanos Um, right it's very much his movie yeah yeah yeah, it is um and so uh and and that regard i i just felt that it was like sort of a watered down version of uh, bvs um and and overall just thematically uh and how you you have these sort of layers to peel off and think about um and you've got this um you know misunderstood character who's the center of the story again it's thanos um but uh that that is very much in line with uh, most of Zack Snyder's movies, especially, um, you know, his superhero movies. You know, um, you know, the, not getting into which is better necessarily, because uh, I'm not going to go down that route. But I will say, <laughs> as, as far as this whole discussion is concerned about Zack Snyder's films being a uh, an influence over Infinity War, I I can't picture a Zack Snyder directed version of Infinity War being much different. It really does feel a lot like his tone and his look. No, exactly. And his action. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the the only difference I I feel is that uh, there would be some slow motion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 action like um, moments in this were more Michael Bay than Zack Snyder. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I could have very much seen like this being a movie that kind of married Zack Snyder and Michael Bay together. Because <laughs> uh, so as far as like the action moments and stuff, I I I, I got a, a Transformers vibe. But yeah, it's very very much a Zack Snyder movie. Uh, you know, a visual feast, and then also very very dark. Um, and now the the big difference though is that um, his movies a lot of times. Uh, are about self-sacrifice and this one you know you have the theme of sacrifice but it was more about the sacrificing people that you love Mm -hmm. as opposed to sacrificing yourself Uh, so that was like the big the big difference that didn't make it fully feel like a a Zack Snyder movie for me that in the slow motion and and all and also people not hating it before it even came out which is another thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah uh, with that said, uh, what what is this other uh, filmmaker that you had in mind as another puzzle piece? Okay. Okay. And so the other filmmaker, and again, I, I, I love this, that I'm, I'm getting to talk about Avengers and, and, and I'm getting to talk about filmmakers that, are, that I love that I haven't even got to talk about on this show yet. Yeah. But the other filmmaker is Guy Ritchie. Um, th- okay. This movie in other ways feels like a Guy Ritchie movie um, because um, just the energy of the movie. Um, it's 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 not uh, and going back to like the other Marvel movies like uh, Thor Ragnar- Ragnarok is a very hammy and like corny movie sure. and I didn't like that about it. And I, then like I the Guardians movie. 
I, I <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then the Guardians movies, uh, which I, I enjoy them to an extent, but there, there's a meanness that lies in them. Uh, James Gunn, there's always a meanness in his movies. Mm-hmm. Now, this one felt very much in line with Thor Ragnarok in the Guardians movies, but it didn't have that hamminess and it didn't have that meanness. Um, what it did have was more of like this this fun energy, this swagger and humor that very much reminds me of just Guy Ritchie's movies. Um, and and not only that, how this was such a a talky movie yeah. for like an action film. That's another element that, that of course reminds me of Guy Ritchie. But you know, there's also uh, Tarantino is another known for that. But this one felt more in line with uh, Guy Ritchie. I mean. Really, this reminded me of of King Arthur, sure. of course, a movie everybody hated. Yeah, um, I liked it though. The, either, um, yeah, everybody hated it or nobody saw it. Yeah. Um, and um, and and then also, um, uh, a man from Uncle uh, it, it reminded me of that one as well. And also his his older films like Snatch, mm-hmm. um, and which is funny, I didn't even catch it as I was watching it because I didn't even realize until the credits. Because again, I went into this movie totally blind, wasn't expecting to see it. So I didn't even know that uh, Benicio Del Toro was in it right. until the end credits. I was like, wait a second, who, who did he play? Yeah. I actually <laughs> said that in the theater to my girlfriend. <laughs> and, then, and then later, though, uh, I was like, oh, okay, there was the where's the stone line uh, that he said in the movie that's like a nod to Snatch. And so that totally just like made sense to me. I was like, okay, that totally makes sense because it, it has that the energy and the fun and the swagger of, of, of Guy Ritchie's movies. And then they even had that 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 nod there. Um, and then also, though, I, I, I did mention uh, uh, Tarantino already, but, um, you know, Guy, Guy Ritchie's movies, I, 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 I always felt that he was influenced by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, sure. And yeah. um, and and um, this movie uh, it didn't it didn't remind me of Quentin Tarantino, but structurally it reminded me of of Guy Ritchie. But then when it was over, it had that sort of Kill Bill Volume One like feeling to it as well. Mm. Uh, so um, at the same time, I, there was kind of that like sometimes some of these these influences stuff that kind of bleed into each other. Uh, and so I, I I kind of feel like though there's definitely some sort of like influence from those guys and that um uh just that that world of like uh edgy crime uh that 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 they like to play with yeah um and and done so with a superhero movie which made it different and interesting well another Um, thing um and i think that the guy Ritchie films that's a great point and um i i think uh Really, all of these Marvel movies, ever since uh, the the first Iron Man, ever since they started this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, the w- the one thing that kind of ties them all together is they're all kind of bros that are a little bit more smart and like you know quippy than they would be in real life. Like they're just these like right, real fast talking, right, right. smart, clever bros, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, and that's exactly. totally a Guy Ritchie thing, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, exa- exactly. Like that, the just the swagger, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the it's not quirky, but it's like, yeah, it's like a quick a quick wit, and um, 
so yeah, I mean that that was the thing. Like this one was it didn't have the one liners of say like the Thor Ragnarok and I guess some of the other Marvel movies. And and and, and I'll admit Justice League <laughs> Justice League went into the corny and hammy direction and that's the part of it that I didn't like. Right. And I enjoyed though that this movie was not like that it was more it was more smart and fun yeah the way sure. the way they interacted as opposed to you know one liner one liner one liner right um yeah. so yeah <laughs> all right on um so you said that you uh had a couple more puzzle pieces yeah um well basically just a, a bunch of uh, uh smaller ones um you know i did i did mention uh, man of steel which i i did feel a little bit of Man of Steel, but at the same time, I'll admit, when I saw Man of Steel, it reminded me of Thor. And also, I think Man of Steel and M. Thor, they're, they're um, influenced you know, by the Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely some of the, the Nolan uh, Batman trilogy influences in there. Um, and then um, other movies, I, I kept feeling uh, Star Wars. There were there were many times just little I mean little things where you would see you know like a spaceship fly by or a landing of a spaceship and then opens and the people come out there was there was just a Star Wars feeling yeah definitely uh, and even a and there was a Return of the Jedi feeling um the which also at the same time gave me a, a feeling of John Carter because I feel John Carter's very uh, Return of the Jedi influenced. Um, so I, I feel like I, there's not anything totally specific that I could pinpoint, but Star Wars, and again, Star Wars is one of those that kind of anything where there is, um, you know, space involved in any way, right. it kind of bleeds into it anyhow. Absolutely. Every, um, every sci-fi movie has a little bit of Star Wars in it and there's a, right, there's a ton right. of sci-fi in this compared to a lot of the other, uh, superhero movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is, and again, that kind of, kind of, uh, to go back to Zack Snyder, reminds me of Man of Steel. How Man of Steel, you had that that opening, yeah. you know, uh, great opening, of that was totally, you know, just a sci-fi uh, world, uh, uh, before it crossed over into like, you know, uh, you know, this Nolan world. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Bringing in, I, I, you know, bringing in the sci-fi, the Star Wars-like elements uh, to the the comic book movies just adds that extra fun layer to it. So again, that's one of the things that, that made this one, you know, definitely uh, a, a fun movie to watch. Sure. Um, and additionally, the the Harry Potter movies, I was reminded also because this one was very wizardy uh, at times, uh, and one of the one of the villains. He had uh, the Voldemort kind of look to yeah, him he early did. on. He definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah. And again, you know, Harry Potter is one of those um, uh, those universes that uh, is so big, also that it sort of bleeds now into other movies as well. Especially uh, when you, anytime you're bringing in any type of, of, of wizards and witches and uh, and that sort of thing. So it's getting to be where it's like Star Wars that it's just kind of bleeding into every movie anyway yeah uh, and then and, and i mentioned transformers already specifically michael bay and just you know his explosions and fights and whatnot um i was reminded of the last night actually watching this 
Um, <laughs> and again, and again, it sort of just felt like like if Michael Bay and and Zack Snyder and Guy Ritchie, if those three guys got together and made a movie, a superhero movie, this would kind of be the movie, I think. <laughs> Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Written, written by Guy Ritchie, produced by Michael Bay, directed by Zack Snyder. Boom. Yeah, and a bunch of angry nerds. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It would, be the, it would be the most hated movie ever. And it would make zero money. I would be seeing it like every weekend. And then, but, there, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's those Michael Bay lovers as there are the, the Zack Snyder lovers. So. Um, those, those people would see it, but that would be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the other movie though, that I wrote down and again, uh, this one, I think just, it, it, it's similar to John Carter, but because I love it and everybody hates it and nobody saw it of, uh, Valerian, uh, came to mind, but again, it's one of those, it's very, you know, star Wars influenced. Right. Um, right. And, um, just, um, the the visual feast of it too you know uh so th- that that's one of the things that was great about this though is that this movie it was a visual feast and it it, it did have the fights and explosions but there was a soul to it it was thanos <laughs> yeah so a lot of people a lot of people are like on the on the, on, on the team thanos bandwagon yeah uh, but uh, uh to bring this back though to to Guy Ritchie's that I think the sequel is going to be even more Guy Ritchie like feeling because you're going to have that element how uh, uh, Guy Ritchie and also Tarantino they love to play with time you know um, and especially Guy Ritchie he'll he'll have people discussing something and you'll see it like play, play out and fast forward oh, and then sure, it'll come sure. back and it'll play out in another direction I think that you you've got it there's got a a lot of play with that that they can do with all the um, alternate versions of what happens of uh, which we would have got I think had Justice League been a two-parter because we would have got that with the Flash, sure, um, yeah. because you had that tie back to BBS where the Flash went back in time. But anyway, that's getting totally off subject. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, anytime though you can play with you can play with time, uh, you know, and, and and alternate timelines and whatnot that makes for fun. So I think the sequel uh, can be uh, you know even more fun than the, this first one. Yeah, they certainly have a uh, uh, an interesting jump off point. That's for sure. And you know, right. yeah, that that, that uh, there's going to be quite a few ways they can go with it, and you know, I guess we'll find out as we get there. But um, so uh, just going over, you know, a quick uh, wrap up. How you enjoyed the movie? I know you know Marvel isn't always you know your number one favorite, but uh, you did uh, enjoy it though, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I. Um... I would say Doctor Strange is still my favorite, actually, of the Marvel movies. Yeah. But I did enjoy this one. I mean, this one would probably be up there, uh, maybe second or third. So, um, you know, I Doctor again. See, I was I was very prepared for this movie because I like Doctor Strange, I like Thor, and I do enjoy the Guardians and and Black Panther is great as well and this movie was very heavy on those elements yeah so it was it was like the marvel movie for me right, uh, right. so so i so i did enjoy it and actually i i liked spider-man a lot i've never seen a spider-man movie i've never
never liked Spider-Man like my whole life. That's amazing. Like my brother, like, I've never seen a Spider-Man movie. That's so amazing. <laughs> yes, uh, amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, my my brother he always liked Spider-Man, and I think I think my reason that I've avoided Spider-Man movies is that when we were little, he got a Spider-Man uh, for Christmas <laughs> one year that you like tie to the door, and it like. Yeah, it pulls itself up the string, uh-huh. and on Christmas Day, I I broke it oh. <laughs> on accident. I broke Spider Man's arm, and it, and and my dad like glued it back, and but it was never the same. Spider Man did not climb up the string. You're basically um, Thanos. That... You're, you're Thanos, <laughs> right? Check <Chocolate. laughs> I, I think I. So, yeah, I, I I think I think I was traumatized. Um, you know, I mean, I think that was like one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think I've avoided Spider Man because of it. Uh, but I did really enjoy the Spider Man. In fact, when 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 uh, when he was you know hugging Iron Man at the end, and he, and he, it was he was even the only one that affected me. You sure. Know, when when yeah. he when he disappeared, I was like, oh man. No, that, like, kid, okay, that kid did a great job as Spider-Man. Yeah. And I, I'm not like one of the people who loved Homecoming as much as, it seems like everybody really loved Homecoming. And uh, I don't know, I might have to go back and watch it again because he was really great in this movie. Um, and I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him in another Spider-Man, which we all know is coming. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's that's it. Black Panther. They, I don't know Done. what they were thinking. They should have. They should have cashed in on part two before this. One. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Rushed it to, uh, rushed it to Mark. Seriously. So, uh, so no. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna watch uh, the the Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Um, I, even though Iron Man's in it, I, I'm probably gonna give it a chance. Yeah. Um, but I don't plan on going back and watching any of the other Avenger or uh, Iron Man movies or anything. Um. But as I say, also, uh, some of my other favorite parts, I love that Thor got his cape back because mm-hmm. I I am a believer that superheroes should have capes. If they don't have <laughs> capes, then they should have swords. And so swords and capes, that's like the thing that makes a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's why... I, I mean, that's why I, I don't care about Iron Man. I don't care about Spider-Man. They don't have capes. They don't have swords. You know, Thor, he's got a cape. Uh, Doctor Strange, he, he's got a cloak. It's a cape. Okay? Yeah, so uh, so, Thor, so Thor got his cape back. I, w- I was excited. That was one of my favorite parts. And then um, I, re- I really loved when Drax was invisible. That, oh, I that loved was that great. Part. That was really great. <laughs> <laughs> and and then also I love how Doctor Strange puts Iron Man in his place, uh, especially when he called him a douchebag. Yeah, that was just classic. <laughs> yeah, no, Doctor Strange really like that's another one where I like I did not love the uh, the solo movie as much as everyone else seems to have, but he was so good in this that it makes me want to go back and and watch it kind of because like it was he was great. Every scene with him was so good in this movie. Yeah. So this movie, at first when I when I got done watching, I was like, oh, you know, I liked it, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. But I don't know. I mean, the more I think about it, I think the more I do like it. Um, so it, it's one I might possibly actually, you know, buy and watch again. Um, right. So, so gotta yeah. Got to put it in an empty DVD case. That way it doesn't look like there's any Marvel, uh, you know, cases on it. So. <laughs> 
Uh, I've already, I, I, I already have the like, um, uh, Guardians movies. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's already tarnished so, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, the last thing I wanted to say though was that I feel like with Last Jedi, as dark as it was, mm-hmm. and as as many people as it pissed off, and then with this movie, as dark as it is, but even but people are embracing it. It seems like. Mm-hmm. I, it's time for a Disney Zack Snyder movie. It's time for that to happen. Um, so get, I, when, when they first were looking to do, you know, the Star Wars reboot before the J.J. Abrams came on, I was like, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder. Uh, of course, it didn't happen, but it's time now. I, I would, I would, I'd, see, I'd see an Iron Man movie if Zack Snyder directed it. So uh, it's time for them to get on the snacks, Zack Snyder bandwagon and uh, let him direct a movie. Um, and, I mean, our Guy Ritchie's already doing one. He's doing Aladdin with Will Smith. So, um, uh, I think course. I think what they got to give him is maybe, like, one of the, uh, one of the old uh, Disney cartoons, where, how they're making them into live-action yeah. movies. Maybe yeah. that would yeah, work. Like, uh, yeah, how, how they did with Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. So the, to 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 kind of shoehorn them in, and yeah. then once once they're in the door, then say, okay, here here do do Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the world's ready for a Guy Ritchie Star Wars, but <laughs> but but I could see a Zack Snyder Star Wars. And after this movie, I could definitely see Marvel Guy Ritchie or Zack Snyder. I could see either one. Well, let's so. see if it happens, dude. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for that possibility. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got with us Daniel Clark from the Comic Concierge. Daniel, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, you know, when we first came up with this idea of doing this Avengers Super episode, uh, you know, the first thought was, let's get all the co-hosts I've had on the show. And then the second, you know, thought was, I should get Daniel and <laughs> see if he would be on it, you know. Uh, I was recently on your show and it was a really fun time. And obviously you being a comic guy, I just thought it would be a really great fit. Yeah, yeah, I was excited to hear. I mean, I, you guys got quite the idea for your avengers episode so I mean, yeah i'm always i'm always excited to talk marvel movies so right on man right on so uh you know with with, with that said you know i think we're gonna just jump right in and uh you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to this but i want to hear what your first puzzle piece is so looking at mine i was looking at you know the different comics that i feel like influence that of uh, the Avengers. And I think, you know, you're going to kind of go with the obvious at first, which is the Infinity Gauntlet, which is, you know, the the main item that is obviously the the focal point of, of the film. Uh, it's the classic Jim Starlin story. I, I think there are obviously pieces of that story that are within the actual um, movie itself. Um, but it's really uh, like, Oddly enough, like the way the movie ends without spoiling it um, is actually the very first issue of that, that series. Um, mm. But obviously, like the when, when people think of the Infinity Gauntlet, that's the series that they go to. And I think that, you know, that's what they've been building up to this, you know, for, for these past you know 10 years or so. 
That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, and like that's right away. That's you know why I wanted you on the show because I know you know these comics more than I do, and I, I think a couple of uh, the people I've had on know the comics certainly more than me. But I don't know about more than you, and uh, you know that's that's a really interesting uh, point of view. The fact that uh, that that comic series starts where the movie ends, uh, and yeah, I, I read a lot about how there's a lot of changes between the uh, uh, the story that they ended up going with. Uh, versus uh, what happened in the comics. Um, how, how do you feel about that change? Uh, d- does it make sense to you, uh, you know, as a as a film, like thematically for it to start, to, for it to end there? I, th- I think it, it does. And I think, honestly, it, it fixes a lot. I want to say issues with, with the original story, but there are, there are certain things I think want to translate as well to, to film, especially with the motivations of, of, of Thanos and the reasoning he's doing what he's doing, you know, where... In Infinity Gauntlet, it was there was more more of a selfishness towards it. It was to meet you know his own means, basically based upon his infatuation with death, mm-hmm. and he was more apathetic towards like everyone rather than you know coming from a place of warped sympathy. Um, you know he just had a he viewed death in almost like you know in a matter matter of fact way. He wasn't trying to save anyone. He was doing it for his own accord, and. It, it led him to like a lot of the actions didn't necessarily make sense because of that. Like certain decisions, he seemed to make it more difficult for himself. But within the movie, it made a little bit more sense because even though his actions were obviously, you know, uh, based upon someone who was mad or insane or, uh, you know, lacking reason, there was almost like you see that like he was only taking things in his mind. He was obviously his own hero. He was the hero of that story. So why he may allow someone to live or why, you know, he's not trying to, or like why he might uh, go about the, the way things he did by the, within the end. And like you, it, it makes a little bit more sense based upon his reasoning rather than it, being just because he wants to, you know, get with a girl who won't talk back to him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's exactly what I keep hearing about. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how that would go over necessarily. I mean, <laughs> I obviously no matter what, you're not going to win over every audience member. And there's plenty of people who didn't like this movie. And there's, I think a lot more who did. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that storyline would have translated cinematically. It's, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> His, He's a little bit more, I think, competent in, 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 in this piece where, like, he as a character with Thanos tends to lose because of his own accord or, or because, like, his his own fallacies, really, which might be where it goes. Who knows? But uh, I, I just thought, like, the motivations here made a lot more sense and made him a more of a complete character rather than being, like, you know, that like evil, maniacal kind of one-dimensional villain. Here, there is a little bit more character to him, and I thought that was smart where he was the, he was the main focus of this story which i think was the the right approach which i, I which kind of brings me to, to like my other puzzle piece which i think is the biggest puzzle piece is the, the the it's really an adaptation of the story that came before infinity gauntlet which is thanos quest okay. which is his quest of actually getting the infinity gems uh, or stones or whatever they want to call them. The, the terminology tends to change, but it was him going to like, it, they were held by these different elders of the universe in the Marvel film. It was, you know, there were different planets or on earth, but he had to use his own capabilities to trick these other beings who were very powerful in their own right, right. And their power typically reflected the gem that they had in order to obtain them all. And it was this really long 
this the entire story really what led up to the infinity gauntlet was thanos quest but there was a bunch of other stories inside of jim starlin's silver surfer and adam warlock all it was really like you know years upon years similar to the movie of build up it wasn't it wasn't as overt as the movie made it but because mm. you didn't know where it was going but i think it really kind of took the idea of thanos quest which was him trying to get all the uh stones and then um, and then uh, just adapting it and changing it and how we did it. Um, but I think that's often like, I think the template of what they were going with. Thanos quest is a great name. It reminds me of like an old, like NES game or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you saying that, that, um, that actually makes me like, think I'm kind of a little surprised that they didn't just straight up give, I mean, this kind of is it in a way, but they didn't give Thanos his own movie. You know, they gave everybody a movie yeah. leading up to Infinity War. You know, it sounds like there's so much backstory to go into Thanos. Like, you know, it seems like something Marvel would do. <laughs> yeah, like they could have honestly what they could have done, which I'm, I, I get why they did it, would be like doing like a five minute end of at the end. They used to they do the things like what's called back matter in, in comics where you have your main story. And then after that, there's like a mini story. Um, that covers different topics. It's usually like four or five pages and they could have done something along those lines where at the end of the movie, they have their cut scenes and their, you know, end of credit scenes, but maybe lengthen it into like a short five minute film or something of that nature. Mm. Um, I, you know, and, but I was actually surprised they were able to cover as much ground within, within this as, as they did, uh, con- considering like he, they had to, you know, understand, give us, introduce a character with Thanos outside of the little glimpses we got, show kind of why he's doing it where he's going how he's obtaining it um but yeah it was it was i was worried how they that they were building it up all to this point to like they were you know they had to make him work if they know didn't work in this it wasn't going to work so sure, uh, yeah. you know there was and that's 10 years of build well i guess not technically 10 years but really since the first avengers and uh you know that's you're putting all your eggs in one basket or your gems in one basket so, sure sure yeah yeah well lo- you know luckily they got josh brolin so you know, that that, that <laughs> helps. That helps any any movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I at the beginning of the movie, I was I was surprised. Like they were just like jumping right in with him having you know as many stones as he already had, and yeah. it was like, oh wow, they're like just going right on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed like they started off. They got to make him seem like a physical threat. How do you do that? You make him fight Hulk, uh, and you know sure. show that he can go toe to toe. And then it's, it, it weirdly enough, I don't know, this may be a bonus puzzle piece, but it had me thinking of uh, pro wrestling in the way where they uh, try to make a character look strong by you're like, who's the strongest, like who's the biggest badass in, in, in the, in the company right now. Okay. Well, we, we have a new wrestler. Let's have him face him and show we can go toe to toe. Well, kind of the same process where, you know, Hulk is the biggest, you know, the, the toughest, strongest there is. So if we show that Thanos can stand up to him, it, it immediately tells the audience, like, this guy is a, you know, he's got some power behind him. Um, so I thought that was a good way of introducing him and kind of at least showing to begin with, like, yeah, there's a reason why people are scared of this dude. Yeah, that's actually a, a great puzzle piece, actually, pro wrestling. I mean, especially when you got all these, like, big bro dudes, you know, and they're all just, you know, kicking each other's ass and, ass and making <laughs> little... Uh, you know, little little comments left and right, little little quick quips and stuff. You know, <laughs> definitely yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was gonna say, did you have another one other than that as a? a yeah, yeah. I, I had a, another one too, which is the it's 
the story Infinity, which is really n- newer. It's by Jonathan Hickman. It's, again, another Thanos-inspired uh, story where he's the main character. It's uh, different, though. It's on him uh, trying to get gems. It's more him trying to hunt down his son. But where the the influence come from that, where the pieces that come from that, or specifically the henchmen, the Black Order, those characters uh, are come through that story, that infinity story. So all those, you know, other characters that are like, are his almost like cult that follow him, mm. um, come from that infinity story. That's the thing about comics. They tend to like use a lot of the same terminology. Like the DC has the crisis. They use a lot and Marvel has affinity. They use a lot in secret wars is another one. So, but I think <laughs> affinity certainly, and that's newer. What's kind of odd about that story is that it's actually younger than the Marvel cinematic universe itself. It came out like, a few a year after Avengers, huh. so it's, they're, they're kind of taking a combination of the old and and the new with a lot of the with a lot of the uh, stories they're putting together. That's pretty cool because there's like a lot of classic characters you guys are like still waiting for, whereas then <laughs> all of a sudden there's these new characters. They're like, oh, there they are. They just pop right up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think. A lot of people are excited because the Black Order were one of the. It's hard to make new characters that people get excited about in comics, but they were ones that really did um, excite people. So people, I think it was a piece people, a lot of people were looking forward to. I know there were some questions regarding how well they were represented. To me, I think they served the function that they needed to. They were basically glorified like henchmen for James Bond. It's you know where you they're they're more really there because they have a physical presence to them. They have some sort of a feature that is easily identifiable, like a James Bond henchman, whether it's like a hat or you know, right. or, or Jaws or something of that nature. It's just like it's the same to me. It's a, the same thing. You don't expect the henchmen to have gigantic backstories or have you know long diatribes talking about their true motivations. They're just there to make the action more exciting, which I felt like that's basically what they were. And maybe they could have done more with them. But uh, I think functionality, they, they, they serve the purpose that they set out to do. Sure. that That's the uh, the wizard dude who was uh, fighting Doctor Strange. Uh, that, yeah. 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 That, that dude is really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I could uh, <laughs> I could totally picture how there would be uh, a lot more to him if they were to actually go that direction. But, but yeah. In, in the actual comics, he's more magic based himself rather than uh, like being like i think you just have telekinesis in, in the movie but i thought you you're gonna you're not gonna spend time to try to explain it so you just give them enough where you can understand how they work just by the, the, the actions that they that they do sure but um I, I did have one final puzzle piece that came to mind and i was talking about the motivations of the character of a thanos and although they kind of reflect a, another uh, classic comic book villain but from a different universe in dc and batman fans know him because he showed up in, in batman begins which is Ra's al ghul he had and so it's not a specific comic but it's similar motivations of like what he's founded upon where he's all about like doing the necessary evil in order for the good to survive if you remember batman begins where you know he's gonna let gotham die because you know it, it will build for a better future because it got to the point where it's like, you know, fighting the cancerous cells in order for the healthy cells to live. That's kind of his methodology. And I felt like they kind of took that and put it within the character of Thanos. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that's not something that like, cause yeah, there, there was that whole other story with death as a woman that he's trying to get with. So this is kind of like uh, a a totally different um, point of view for the character and so you're saying that Razagul was more uh, had that kind of a similar plan in place. 
Yeah, where there's like the anti-hero, like he's not always villain. Like you know, he, there's more. His actions may be immoral, but he has some sort of of, of, of a moral fiber that he's fighting for. Yeah, he's a hero um, yeah. in his own mind and his own plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the comic book Thanos is more like he knows he's evil, he just doesn't care. Right. So um, <laughs> it's similar to like I guess it's almost like a, the X Men Apocalypse, where you have the idea of Apocalypse, who's the let the strong will survive it's almost like a motive like a, a, a adjustment to that idea but in, instead of the strong will survive it's just that some people need to die in, in order for the world to prosper sure yeah well we've all been there yeah. huh <laughs> exactly <laughs> right on well uh yeah just to to close it up uh just you know some final thoughts how did you like it were you were you happy with how this movie ended up yeah, I was I was very happy uh, with how it ended up. I was worried going in just because it's been well documented that Marvel has some challenges when it comes to villains. I think there sure. are some exceptions to that. Uh, but this one, it certainly they had to fix that problem because, like I mentioned, it was, it was a build up. It was his story. You know, if you got to make all that matter. And I thought smartly enough that they did that by making it mostly his movie for the most part, obviously, yeah. you know, with and focusing on the right characters that they could. It's a massive undertaking. You're, you're, I don't know how many characters that there are. It's a pretty impressive juggling act. But, I mean, I, I think it's not my favorite of all the movies. I think so, Winter Soldier, for me, is, is the best because it, I think, has more of a, a complete story. But it's obviously a little bit easier when you're just dealing with one character. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess I was just impressed that it was not a complete mess because right. uh, it could have e- easily been. And I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I was hoping to see it again, but I haven't been able to. But... Uh, I, I just thought, like, ultimately what really made this work was all the buildup that they did. What Marvel has done really well is, is kind of sell you on all their different heroes and all their different characters. And when you see all those characters together, the, like the banter back and forth, it, it just giving room for that, I think, is really important. And you have really great moments with the Guardians and Thor and Iron Man and uh, uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. And I just thought, like, they were able to utilize all their personalities well. Uh, within it so and i thought it was pretty gutsy move the way that they ended it um sure which i i know some people were like okay but you know where the inevitable is heading and um, and you obviously don't and you obviously know that but i just still i still thought it was uh you know it's you know another random but it's definitely like their empire like which is you know the <laughs> obviously the obvious comparison but uh I, I just it also was fitting for the character of thanos um to, to end the way that they did Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. And, uh, you know, me obviously not being a, a super big, you know, comic book fan, uh, you know, the Marvel movies are, they're always, you know, I enjoy them, but they're not, you know, uh, my favorite movies or anything, but mm-hmm. I, I think they really balanced it so well. Um, especially with all these characters, they, they, it's quite an accomplishment to be able to balance that much at once and keep it get everybody gets their moments whether you know whether it's their funny moments their hero moments all of that they all they all get it and and it yeah. it, it it actually went by so quick i was surprised for an over two and a half hour movie it uh actually went by yeah. quick <laughs> definitely you know just to wait a year for the next ones <laughs> exactly right all right on man thank you so much uh, again for being on the show and uh hopefully i'll uh, get back on your show maybe we'll figure out some way to get me on for uh for the next avenger or something i don't know yeah definitely yeah that'd be great <laughs>
And so that was Avengers Infinity War, our first super episode coming to a close. But before we're finished, we still have to do the finished puzzle. That's right. We got to go down this list and tell you all the puzzle pieces that came up during this supersized episode. So uh, get yourself comfortable and let's do this. All right. So going right down the list, uh, no breaks. I'm just going to read them all off to you. And uh, oh boy, this is going to be a big one. All right. Here we go. Pulse, the films of Gary Marshall, No Country for Old Men. Empire Strikes Back, Edge of Tomorrow, Bad Lieutenant, Walking Dead, Teen Wolf 2, or movies where they know they're not going to get all the actors back. Empire Strikes Back again, whoops. Uh, Anime in general, Uh, anime OBAs, the films of Zack Snyder, especially Watchmen and Man of Steel, Guy Ritchie films, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, the Star Wars series, Harry Potter movies, Michael Bay's Transformers, Valerian, John Carter, the Infinity Gauntlet series, the Thanos Quest series, the Infinity comic series, Pro Wrestling, and Ra's al Ghul from the Batman series. So, wow, that is a lot of influences. How many of those do we think really were influences on uh, the Russo brothers and Marvel? Um, you know, if you have any comments or anything like that that you want to, uh, you know, mention about about these puzzle pieces that we are mentioning, or if you think even with that big list that we left something out, definitely get in touch. Tweet at us at PiecingPod or comment on our Facebook or leave a review on iTunes or just email me directly by David Rosen at gmail.com. Um, I would love to discuss what you think about this episode because we obviously covered a lot of ground and talked about a lot of movies and it was a lot of fun to put together. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, we'll be back um, in two weeks with our next regular episode. Next week, I got a little summer movie preview coming, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that to uh, hold you over until I get back from my trip. But uh, this was awesome. Just want to thank all of my guests one time. That's Ryan Darty, David Quinones, Will Hines, Chad Clinton Freeman, and Daniel Clark from the Comic Concierge. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, make sure you leave a review on our iTunes page. Um, make sure you're following us on social media at PiecingPod. And make sure you subscribe to the show. And make sure you send us some feedback. If you have any comments about the movies that we just talked about, we definitely want to hear them. So definitely get in touch. Um as a reminder, next week, my new album, A Different Kind of Dream, will be available on all digital music stores. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And I am going to leave you with actually a piece of superhero music I did for a comic book trailer a few years ago uh, for a comic book called Chosen. So I thought it would be a good uh, pick for this particular episode. So enjoy it, and I will talk to you guys soon. 